my guests say, but sometimes you just have to listen. And I gotta say, listen to somebody that is positive and loving is always a good thing, whether or not you agree with them. We're all here to disagree. Right? That's by disagreeing or by by listening to others that don't have the same opinion than us that we're going to evolve. This said, this guest is awesome. I had a great time, a great conversation. First time we talked, but we felt like we were friends forever. So I just want you guys to get the, the feel for it. All right? And uh, whether you're on the right, on the left political spectrum, whether you believe in Trump, you believe in Biden, you believe in Macron, you believe in whoever, that's your problem, that's your prerogative. Whether you feel that Q is the ones that are going to... I got my own opinion on it. Uh, it smells like psyop. But, but if you believe that this is something that makes you grow, then continue like that. Continue on that path. Keep digging. Eventually you're going to find the truth. But in the meanwhile, just sit back, relax, pour a glass of your favorite beverage, maybe light a big one. Like this is an episode where you got to travel. All right? We talk about a little bit of dimension travel or we talk about a little bit of of a uh, of, uh, time travel. We talk about uh, conspiracies in a more general term. And we talk about uh, Earth vision for the future. Or we talk about Earth vision of the current event. I loved it. I hope you guys are going to love it. This is Sounds of a Frenchman with Caesar Young. Today my guest is a fantastic Marilyn. You guys enjoy. I want to have a conversation about this movie. It's like I listen to the other podcasts and I'm like, oh yeah, this is cool. Like this is the you know, like the looking at the world with wonder and then and then thinking about things that are actually kind of complicated, like like you know, like parallel universes or time mm -hmm. travel. That's that's really like the uh, a wonderful, a really really wonderful unpoliticized or unweaponized space to to encounter every permutation of 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 science that you could, you know, with just with the time travel possibilities. You know. There's so many. There's so many ways in which it's been described in in um, in fiction, that, and every single one has its pros and cons and weird occurrences. And yeah, I love this sort of thing. It's, it's I love it. I think I, you know. Uh, the more the more I go now, the more I see my life. The more I feel that uh, just like we are energy, the world is energy, and uh, energy in some kind of way has to be connected to to itself you know to to everything so uh so since i've been seeing the world like that i gotta say that it opens my mind on a lot of things on a lot of subjects where i didn't think i would go before you know and i think that's the 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 lack of in this world we have that lack of imagination you know we don't stay kids long enough <laughs> you know, I have a four-year-old, and when I look at him, I see, like, he's traveling in another dimension constantly. Constantly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if we had kept that that vibe, you know, that, that energetic vibe, I think right now we'd be in a better world. But that's another question. Uh, but I, that's the thing. You say your son is traveling in another dimension. 
is because he has not yet been trained completely on the concept of time because mm -hmm. time is the most you know like the biggest part of our um, inability to have that old that old consciousness that we used to have where people know where everybody stands where kind of like everybody knows everybody's business because we have the ability it's not reading another person's mind it's understanding their state of being in that moment you know mm -hmm. and this this we can't really all of this together today is kind of messed up because people pretend to be someone else people repeat other people's stuff you know like mm -hmm. people are not and are not encouraged or raised to be authentic so 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 they can't really like disconnect you know, the old fashioned way before we had the demonic system of time, you know, <laughs> which keeps us on a one on one timeline. Very so. true. The, that concept of uh, tri three dimensional time like that, like we uh, experience, on, experience it on Earth uh, uh, is, uh, is very a hurtly thing, you know. Uh, yes, I, yes, very much. Mm. It took me a long time to understand what, you know, what uh, out other ch uh, there's people who channel uh, entities from other dimensions and so they're in the timeless space so they try to explain what timelessness is but it's kind of ludicrous because it's us who have the program of time which is a completely demonic idea that they don't have so it took me a very long time to ascertain what the phrase time doesn't exist you know means and there, it's a very practical thing. Time is not magical because time allows us to be very practical and schedule our practicality and accomplish a lot of things, you know, as a population. So, so it's a, so time is a grounding technology that that makes people focus on, you know, like uh, uh, going the same way. And and once you to remove yourself from this situation today, it costs a lot of money. So for me, I had to, you know, like, like uh, do the, the, the inexpensive way and just like delete my Facebook and burn all the bridges, you know, <laughs> and change industry. And, you know, like this, this allowed me to like no longer have any schedule. And of course, COVID just closed it off, you know, because we had shutdowns. I'm in Montreal, so we are somewhat of a shutdown area because we have the, the you need a passcode and you can't get it. I can't get on an intercity bus without an app you know so uh so i can't so i so i'm sort of like i don't have anything planned for the future in eternity because uh the uh, anything i would want to do in the world is prevented or is 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 forbidden to me yeah so, I, I think that that, that all uh, uh people are going to realize eventually that that whole COVID thing was all about control of uh, of uh, of our extra dimensional capacities you know, yes, uh, of course. It's a, it's a. Well, it's it's a. I think it's a last back backlash war against our uh, collective ascension. So, like, it's a backlash war. COVID seems to be a backlash war. It's a, it's a. But you know, it causes societal shutdown, and so during the societal shutdown, I've never seen so much work accomplished. I, I think uh, we we see uh, we always say COVID is, but I, I think it's beyond that. It's the the, the yeah. decision making behind it that it, that is really causing <laughs> all that. It's not the the the, the COVID itself. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a uh, it's a, it's it's whenever you know, like everybody human choice public sphere gets together to accomplish something. You know, like in the media, it's 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 like a huge you know evil plan. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> because everybody's collaborating, you know, like on something. Uh, when it, it, it's it's really weird is that what I found is that um, what we see, you know, as bickering between people is actually comms, you know, and operations to sort of like get us to progress. Uh, like I call these 17 operations and the, the world is just a progression of 17 operations, which is like two people that love each other, that pretend to hate each other and cause a stir that separate the people in their audience. And all that it does in the end is make it the light shine on the people who are, who, who shouldn't be in the, in that group to begin with. You know, it's like the, the, the bad apple in the bunch get illuminated by these, you know, controversies that are artificial in the media. And all of this is like one giant massive honeypot operation to catch all the useless, the useless haters is what I call them, you know, yep. but they're like the, the, the people who really don't have a purpose in life, except that they are a parasite at some point in the process of trying to have a quality of life. Uh -huh. You know, the United States, I don't know if you have noticed, but it has middleman cancer. Mm -hmm. Meaning, can you accomplish anything in the United States without having to deal with a freaking middleman that says that they're going to make the process easier for you, but you have to sign on the dotted line? Very true. Do Very true. The la lazy society. Yes, but do you notice that maybe in France, where everything is socialized, you don't run into these things because there, there's no the middleman is not allowed in the process. No, the state is the middleman. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. The state is the middleman. You, but you have the whole notion of trusting the state and all that. Yeah. That but in the a, United States, there is a middleman for yeah. every process. There is a person that tells you that they are optimizing the relationship between two companies. And they, of course, they, they don't do much except provide like a tiny service, which is a gate. And then they charge a fee. You know, you that, know that's that, very funny. That, you bring that for for French people, the notion of uh, of uh, you know the, the the advisor and things like that. It it's uh, you know having a company just to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, a company that they are the service they sell you is to tell you what to do. Uh, uh, for for European yeah. people, it's a concept very hard to understand. Yes, very, very, very much. But it's it's really like it's astounding the, the, the culture of parasites that I see in the United States. But there's like people who are truly providing a useful service and they're greasing, you know, like the two processes and they're making they're making everything flow much faster. But for most part, I when I go to the United States, I get accosted by these parasites, you know, that want to tell sell me a timeshare or you know and they and they like it everywhere is full of salespeople. they're standing right next to the official thing and they say hey no but go with me i'm gonna help you get in the door yeah you know, but the door is already open i could go i could go in yeah know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is every, this is so annoying to me about the united states i hate it <laughs> that's true that's a society a culture of uh, everybody got something to sell yeah everybody it's, it's got something amazing yeah but of course i live in a socialist nanny state you know and so i personally hate every aspect of the way that all the services are you know rendered and i never i never wind up you know i always wind up the the, the, the recipient of mal medical mal malpractice when i interface 
with the with the system here. And of course, we live in a no fault society, so nobody can sue anybody else for running them over with their car or 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 you know like like um, uh, making terrible medical decisions. But the the mentality here is 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 very annoying in the sense that you know like if you complain about the government, you know, not being able to furnish you a service to which you are allowed to get, then you're gonna pay. Then you're gonna pay. That's then, what. The no, no, no. I can't even pay to get it, you know, because I have to go through the system. Um, the, the, the other people, what they say is that, well, the problem must be you because it works for me, you know. And it's really like this, this mentality of, you know, there are people in society that you just we have, we just have to give up on them. You know, they can't, you know, they can't interface with this, the with the services that are there to supposed to give them 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 help. And this is a dumb thing to think of people you're right when you talk about nanny state that's exactly the definition of it that's exactly yeah. what it is yeah, yeah people that are so hooked on it uh, almost uh, like drug addicts <laughs> yeah i live i live like a libertarian mm -hmm. in a, a nanny state so i am of course you know like of course at some point i'm going to get into monumental trouble and they you know the the but they but what are they going to do they owe me money because i've always lived in poverty and i should have been getting like a monthly check you know but i don't i i've never applied for these things even though i i i know everybody else gets it the 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 thing is that the the and so I live aside of society because of this this uh, libertarian project of mine. I, I'm always living in the opposite of society I'm supposed to live. But because I'm like a 50-year-old white woman, people think, well, oh, you know, like, she's not a problem. Just let her live, you know, crazily, you know, the way that she wants. Um, you know, like, if, even, if, even if I come to everything with, you know, like a, a, a rebel mindset, you know, like nobody, you know, like it, nobody bats an eye because I'm just an old white woman. Yeah, so that's the, the that that's the the I think the big antagonism of uh, being a being a rebel is uh, eventually you're gonna find yourself aside from uh, from uh, certain people around you. You know, uh, I, I I think it happened to every type of rebel, even the the big poets and stuff like that. Eventually, somebody say, yeah, he's a he's a crazy old man. That's all he is, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. Well, uh, that's the thing is that I'm I have you know like uh, in the past, um, like my experience is uh, I started working developing uh, websites in 1995, so I've been working since I was about 24 years old mm -hmm. as a consultant to companies that are like engineering companies, museum, but libraries, the government, uh, a whole but think tanks. <laughs> about a whole bunch of people oh pharma so i've had my foot as a sort of spy you know like <laughs> untrained spy and i in the business the personal business and computer systems of all sorts of companies from the 90s until the last few years mm -hmm. and i've used that access to try to understand first of all the world of pharma and publishing and all that stuff and because I'm interested in the mechanisms that drive, you know, these these sort of like corporations. And I found out like a whole bunch of things. And I found out that, you know, like information fraud is rampant and that, you know, like 
when when that you know like the managers get the gets the numbers they need right now and they're not necessarily true because i see the whole the i see you know like the the, the whole shemima of numbers in the marketing department or in anything mm-hmm. and and so i i realized that people in in business are not that you know like reliable or even you know like ethical uh and that you know business has to chug along and that in an information business well you know information is so subjective that you can sort of make make do anything you want with it and it's just as as found in me a lot so i've gotten back to adoring you know like very practical and very uh documented very empirical things you know and so the Zanadu blockchain, when I found it, is like the most empirical thing I have ever encountered in my entire life. And now, you know, like I'm, I'm just, I'm just involved in, you know, like validated empirical things. And mm-hmm. to me, it's, it's just like profoundly satisfying to see practical things after five years of just seeing a tornado of people being freaked out of what, about what other people might be thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the superficiality of the the mainstream narrative at this point is so astoundingly vapid that yeah, it's straight up straight up propaganda, straight up propaganda Uh, uh, on on every channel, every outlet, every it's 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 amazing that people don't see it. You know, you don't even need education to understand that. Yeah, but now I understand that it is, again, it is an operation. Like every single thing we, we see right now is a massive international security operation. Mm-hmm. My adoptive father worked on this. My biological father worked on this. And I ha- they have left me with a treasure trove of clues and information in order to rebuild the entire operation which i call the bon vivant operation uh, and good this living is an operation yes huh. this is an operation that started in the 1800s huh. you know and so first... so uh, I'm, I'm gonna cut you off one second yeah. because i would love for you to kind of give us a background on that side of your story because that's i mean you got me countless hours all over the weekend of not sleeping because I was into into your thing. So I, I want you to give a little bit of a background on it, please. Okay, so what I what I tell, you know, that it comes from the past 18 months to two years of uh, intense study into 6,000 people. Uh, but, you know, it started with me realizing that, actu- well, actually, Hugh Hefner is my biological father. Wow. And so I found out, like, I realized this in, I would say, 2019. But it was, and it, it gave me a big, you know, like, uh, how should I say, like, a, a shock. You know, like, it was emotionally shocking at the highest, highest level ever in my life. And it scared my my family that i was so shocked to find this because it 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 sort of arrived with a whole bunch of ramifications about the things that you know like hugh hefner was involved in because i was i was investigating him you know uh, mm-hmm. already for years because he's part of this entire you know like 
crust of people who are involved in sex and you know like mm -hmm. perhaps more things you know and it's the white rabbit and oh, you have to follow the white rabbit and i've been following q you know so i've tried mm -hmm. I, I saw his name in there so i i took i did the investigation and i mm -hmm. so i've been already been looking into you hefner so when i found this out that i was re related to him it gave me a big shock mm -hmm. But it was exactly at the same time as my adoptive dad was dying of cancer. So it was a very, very shocking thing the summer of 2019 when my, my father was passing away and my, I found out that, you know, like Hugh Hefner was my, my biological dad. Mm -hmm. But it came with no context at all because what I knew of my biological mother from my documentation, of course, I have documentation about my adoption that comes from an official state-sponsored adoption agency. Mm -hmm. All the documents are signed. There's not names on them. And I have the biological antecedent of my, or the psychological evaluation of my parents. Mm -hmm. The people who gave me up for adoption at six months mm -hmm. and my adoption story is a this very strange six months long fight between my birth mother who was 19 at the time and her mother-in-law because she had a boyfriend in in college she was studying art and he was studying music and she was carrying me as a contract as a paid contract and she decided to keep me and she she presented her boyfriend as my dad and she said we're gonna keep him together but the mother-in-law threw a shit fit and made sure that this never happened so after six months my mother found herself penniless and with no possible means of taking care of me so she she had to sign the paper over now people started harassing my mother uh, to give me up for adoption before i was born because in quebec um, children that are born to unwed mothers are considered a, uh, you know a threat to uh, society uh, and it had only been five years since then that the children were removed from the livestock column you know so so when the, the child is in the livestock column of a dad, that means that he's okay, you know, but if it's, if it, there's no dad to put him in the livestock column of his farm, the child is, doesn't have any a parent, it's an orphan. So that's when the Catholic Church comes in and comes to get the children. So I was removed from my mother when I was born, I was baptized at seven days. This, this is not customary because, uh, you know, usually people wait until yeah, they have a good party at one year old, you know, uh -huh, with uh -huh. the baby for the, for the, for the baptismal. Uh -huh. So this is highly unusual. I was removed at seven days and I was put into a, um, an orphanage in Quebec mm -hmm. called uh, La Société Saint-Vincent-Paul. Mm -hmm. And this is, I, I have extensively research my history and i believe you know all the nuns and all the people that have explained to me the context of my adoption because there's a lot of people in my i come from a small city quebec city and yeah. i've i've known i've worked in a with the religious communities i've known the nuns you know who, who may have taken care of me when i was a baby and i was in an orphanage with up to 750 other babies and there was one doctor 
and six or seven uh, nuns to take care of us. So during my life, you know, when I was a child, I was always sucking my thumb. And of course, you know, like I was always left in a bassinet, you know, for all day long when I was a baby for the first six months of my life. So I had my thumb, you know, so, so I had, you know, a thing that I could stay, keep with me all the time. It was my thumb because there were, there were 750 babies in the orphanage. There was not enough, uh, you know, pacifiers to go around. Mm-hmm. And so these children, you know, I have investigated the, the society and I found that the children were relatively well kept and, and you know, organized and all that. Uh, but that I was kind of like a special case because I was already earmarked via a contract to go to the researcher of the, the, the you know, the, the military base. I was already earmarked to go to him and his wife because his wife is actually my aunt biologically. So, so your mother's, mother's sister? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And my birth mother is also a member of that family, you know? Mm-hmm. So everybody that's working on Pulse Ultra and making children for the scientific circuit, like, you know, like the goal of this, I want you to, to realize, it is to cram the world mm-hmm. with tens of thousands of scientists, mm-hmm. you know, like every single family that could ever be recruited during the universal exhibitions of the past century to sign on the dotted line welcome a child that comes from Tesla or Edison, you know, or another great scientist like Berliner or, or Marconi, you know, mm-hmm. and raise this absolutely wonderful child to have access to all the learning systems, you know, that are going to be coming up and all the, of the schools and universities and all that and fill the military industrial complex or rather specifically the aerospace industry with tens of thousands of bright, people that have been raised in great families that love science that are intellectual and that really care about that work in the network of companies that are from edison you know it's like it's edison's companies you know that 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 you know vehiculated Mm -hmm. the idea that oh you should adopt a child Mm -hmm. and my grandfather signed up for this and he was introduced to a woman who is from the plus ultra line they were married in in an arranged marriage Uh, for their honeymoon in 1939 they went to in 1940 they went to the end of the world exhibit in new york at the end of every world exhibition it stays open for another two weeks and it's only people from the network the scientific network the worldwide scientific networks it is full of families it is full of couples celebrating their marriage and every single one of them is going to go back home to their beautiful little, little village or place where they live, pregnant with twins. Mm-hmm. And the world will receive two more scientists or two more artists or two more, you know, like writers, just like tens is of it, thousands is it something, of people. So is it something that is still happening to this day? Uh, I know there's the, 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 the next exposition is in in the middle east i think it's in dubai or something like that well you should assume that you know like the well at its base plus ultra is a group of saints and scientists and they protect each other like they are the saints and scientists who made a pact 4500 years ago 
to never join the death cult and to never practice practice sacrifice culture. And so that in the process of doing this, they have to make sure that all the people they work for and with do not either. And they have to, and they've mounted the greatest secret society in the world that protects each other from the supervillains. Make sure nobody becomes a mad scientist. I love it. I love the concept. Yeah. We only hear about the supervillains. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm joking about it a little bit, but, uh, but that's true. We only hear about the supervillains. We need heroes. Yes, yes, we need course. heroes. Uh, but the thing, we have to look like we lose every battle. We have to look like we lose every battle so that the, because gloating, gloating makes a lot of noise and gloating is a good place to get information. Mm -hmm. We are a love-based, we are a love-based group that attracts people and, and makes them want to tell us things, you know, like they, we are confessors in the end and the, 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 We don't have to be secret. That's the thing that Plus Ultra is not secret. Every single thing they've ever done is registered because they don't have to be ashamed. Every single thing that they do is love-based. So if you write, so like I posted, you know, a, a song of Jane Mansfield and she said, and the song is, you're cultural, I'm physical. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, 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 a cult uh, based uh, attraction song for the, a very specific kind of person and she is attracting and then that person will find jane mansfield so wonderful because she understands him and she will you know call some american that he met at a bar and say hey do you know somebody who knows jane mansfield and that is when they enter a house of mirrors and then they become useful idiots of the system mm -hmm. They might not even know, like these, the, there's people who work for the security system and they're working for the good guys, but they don't know. They think they're working for a supervillain. You know, they're just like useful idiots or you think that they're, they're pledging to the devil and that they're going to get, you know, fame and fortune and all that. It's really amazing how, you know, the, 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 all of it is done through attraction. Like these, the ghost army, I found it's like, it's like the, The law of attraction enforcement officers. <laughs> it's a, well, you know, it's like a, an army of guys with a pendulum, you yes. know, uh, or, or that or the umbrella. Like back in the days in the old movies, you see the umbrella, the the Joker umbrella. The I think it's yeah. the Joker umbrella, you know, that turns <laughs> like that, and and people get all. Uh, all into it, all attracted by it. That's exactly what it is. You know, they found the formula. Are you still there? Yes. Yeah. They found the formula to, uh, to, uh, uh, it, it's an army of sorcerers, uh, in the end, yes, of course. you know, it's uh, sorcerers I, I, and wizards. Can I, can I tell you why or how that works? You know, like the, the, the top of the pyramid of the misery industrial complex is the Royal family. You know, they've existed for I think I'm going to keep that, that name, the Misery Industrial com Complex. I like that. Yes, of course. It, it really exists. It's, it's really a system. And it's, it, you can map it and you can put names on it. Mm -hmm. the, 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 they're the capstone the, or the, 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 the stone at the top of the whole pyramid of abuse, you know, because they are the ones that rule, you know, like all of the other shenanigans at some point the king doesn't even know all the shenanigans that are going on down 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 there in in the basement anymore 
So, so for hundreds of years, we've been trying to make our way slowly to the king. Like we have to topple the king. That's been our work, like the major part of our work over the past 500 years. And the way that, but, but is it, this, is, this is a love-based and generous offer. We offer the king salvation. If they come over to our side, you know, and everything works out, they will be saved. But they have to come over to us and they have to testify to the history of their family, like every single thing that they know. And then we come in and we tell them every single thing that we know. And usually that's when they turn white because everything that, you know, they told is already known. It's just that we need people to testify in front of the right people because for hundreds of years, there has been no recording, no recording. If you've ever heard that recording of Queen Victoria and you try to understand it, you know, you know, that's where Edison failed because, you know, we, we needed recording. And it's hard to find people to be the living memory of terrible memories, you know, like because they, they, they have to take on all the terrible descriptions of a whole bunch of stuff, you know, that happened in the past. And it's hard, but every single thing has to be heard and it has to be reported back to people because it, the information about crimes against humanity or, or, or uh, crimes uh, or serious human rights abuses belongs to humanity. Except we, we cheat a little bit. We tell the king, we're gonna publish everything. Whoops, sorry. We're gonna tell everybody everything. And so you will be saved, you know, because everybody will hear your testimony, but it's sort, sort, sort of gonna be like, it, there's going to be a buffer. People are going to be confused about history for like 300 years. And then afterward, they're going to realize it and they're going to have the key to know that it was you that did that. They're going to know it was you that did that in the future. And you're going to be part of the, of the humanity that places that judgment on you yourself. You're going to be, but hopefully if everything goes fine, you give us two lifetimes and you work for humanity in the fishbowl, in the circus, and then you get to be reborn to, you know, like a normal mom, and you're going to live in a wonderful uh, modern future where everybody has, you know, even more comfort than you do right now. So the, the offer is so fantastic that nobody refuses that, you know, and so all of the kings of Europe, like one after the other, they said, yeah, sure, fine, give me the wonderful queen, you know, and we will have a wonderful angelic baby that I'm not even going to be related to. But if I, you know, if I do my, play my cards right, my secret daughter will marry this, this, this heir that is not really mine. And then I will be restored into the monarchy because I've proven that my soul is pure. So, so you say this is something that started in the, in the what, 1500s? This is, well, the thing is that our, the, the, we, we are the stewards. You know, so that we things were going kind of really weirdly, but it's like the Stuarts against the the the, you know, like the British people. It's the Scottish against the British. You know, like the factions around the 1500s is Ulster. You know, like like Scottish, Irish, Welsh against the British. The British is the the white dragon. The Welsh is the red dragon. And they have their own sets of legends that sort of explain why they don't get along. And it goes back to 
you know, like 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 previous previous centuries. King Arthur and and all that. Yeah, yeah. So so the there's the 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 we're really fighting the dragons, you know, like but the dragon is the the if you go back into the Dracul family of Romania or See, Transylvania, the, the lizard people. <laughs> what? That's the, the lizard people. In the end, it's yeah, wizard well, and lizard people. I don't see them as lizard people, you know, because I see they're just like humans, but they practice a practical lifestyle mm -hmm. that hurts humanity and they knowingly do it. So it's not very occult. Everything that we police or everything that we address is very practical. It is when an earthling touches a, another earthling and they are not they're like in a people shouldn't kill other people it's just what i mean but you know like there's there's the thing is that the people who are into you know like the the old lifestyle of like owning slaves and deriving their wealth from selling people they they sincerely feel that they are aside from society and they sort of live in an alternate universe as well you know they live in an alternate economy so they're already in a place that's invisible to humanity. So that's why humanity's not necessarily being told about all the things that they do, all the businesses that they're in, and all the gimmicks that they're running, because it serves to, to you know, like keep keep the quietude of the general public, but it also makes the 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 supervillains think that nobody's onto them, whereas every single one of their phone is tapped. You know, they must never, the ghost army acts, it's like the NSA is the biggest arm of the ghost army because nobody knows they're un, under NSA surveillance. You know, and so they've lived their, their gloatful lives for the past, you know, like it, they have, there's gloatful, there's gloatful movements in the U.S. just after Barack Obama was, was elected, was a season of gloat for like three years. You see it, you know. And then after after Joe Biden was elected, there's been a season of gloat again. And the gloating is very important because it's when people say, oof, you know, like our, our gimmick, you know, is safe, you know, like Donald Trump is gone. Or but but it was the opposite during the Trump administration. Every single people I met in my industry, which is uh, computer for uh, computer security every single person that worked for the government, they all told me how the fact that Donald Trump was president was causing chaos in their business. And, and it was more like people's personal stress about Donald Trump. You know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, it was so convincingly sold as the greatest supervillain that ever lived, that this disease permeated the entire, you know, like culture of the United States and everybody panicked for real. Yeah, I think about it's worldwide. Worldwide. Yes, yes, yes. Nobody, nobody could like everybody's, every, everybody's criminal gimmick was being moved on by Donald Trump. You know, like and so because that's what the ghost army does. Like the 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 army side of plus ultra. You know, like the side that's only people who are related to generals and presidents they install fake criminals that move in to other people's business. And Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell are from the ghost army. They are siblings. 
Their army operation is entirely documented. It was announced in the 1970s. And it's very traumatizing to me to be reading about this because, of course, I read the victim impact statements and, you know, I look into, you know, all of the details and it looks very real to me. But it is entirely constructed with assets and, and life actors. Mm -hmm. It's very obvious. Once you get interested in everything, uh, everything intelligence and things like that, and you look at those stories, you see real quick the, 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 the footprints of intelligence behind it. That's very, very obvious, especially with Ghislaine Maxwell. Yes, of course, Ghislaine Maxwell is a specially trained pink lady. She was, like I say, she was conceived on a pink couch. Mm -hmm. You know, even before she existed, Dean Martin and uh, Shirley MacLaine, her parents, her DNA parents in the U.S. Army, they posed on a pink couch for the poster of the film that serves as a registration. So they're already telling the entire intelligence community worldwide that Ghislaine, you know, is coming up in nine months. She will be a pink lady, meaning she will be mm -hmm. dancing with the dead and she will be, you know, like pretending to be a supervillain. So when you talk about the, the, the fact that she's their DNA baby, uh, is it like a sort of an in vitro situation yes. going on? Yeah, it is entirely in vitro. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm sorry. You see how it is? We start talking about the ghost army and the fuse blew in my house and all that. So that's what it is. We on we on track for some good things. But that's the thing is that I, you know, personally, I used to be super afraid like of ghosts, and then I kind of got over it because Mishu Kaiku, you know, the physicist said, you know, how do you know ghosts are not just like people in another dimension? You know, like uh, it's 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 like. It doesn't. It, it they're tra they're time travelers, maybe you know, and and and, and he had this old story, and I was like, he made he, he sort of distracted me away from you know being afraid of ghosts, and eventually because I, I I he had a practical explanation for this for for this, so I could you know ground myself in his physicist's practical explanation for ghosts, and I was I was fine all of a sudden. And now I'm looking at ghosts again, and I'm looking at every way in which the ghost army is a ghost army. And one aspect of it, you know, is that it, it listens to people, you know, like it, it can hear everyone somehow. And this has, you know, like been a huge elf on a shelf moment because I'm like, none of my device, nobody seems to care about me. I don't have followers on Twitter and nobody seems to be listening to me, you know. I listen but, to you. Yeah, but the thing is that is that but there doesn't seem to be anybody listening to me through my devices. But then again, you know, like what do I know? I don't I don't I don't I have to be able to foresee every single ways in which the ghost army is a ghost army. And if it can hear Jack uh, Jack, the CEO of Twitter, mm -hmm. breathe, then you know, like and that's kind of scary when you think about it. Uh, I, I see it like that, like uh, our path, I consider you and uh, me and a lot bunch of people around us uh, uh, on, on a path, you know, on a sort of a, a spiritual war path in order to change things. And, and in the end, it doesn't matter if you have one person listening to you. If you can change one mind, I think as a human being already, you did 
most of the job compared to other people in the world. You know, mm. if you can change one mind and, and I think if you can keep that spirit of whatever it takes, even if my tweets or my, even if my information doesn't seems to be, to be, uh, to be, uh, uh, reposted or, 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 um, or streamed, uh, it doesn't matter in the end. It doesn't matter because you, you, this is something you have to do. When you feel you have to do it, you have to do it. Do you, do you, does it make sense? You know yes, of I mean? course it makes sense. And for me, for me, I have you know, I have to define. Uh, I have to write it down. You know, like the the very specific thing I'm expecting people to do with my information, which is to, you know, apply it to themselves or to a celebrity that they like, just so that they can accomplish the sourcing of one person by themselves and then they will have accomplished a great mystery of history okay. uh there's and there's a million of those and this is like quite satisfying and quite fun it makes you feel you know and in, in, in powerful again you know when it comes to information because you regain the ability to do like uh to seek out the answer that you need rather than being thrown a whole bunch of narratives which is like when you're scrolling, you're just being fed a whole bunch of ideas, you know, that are, are uh, you know, convenient to other people. But when you search for your own information on the Internet, it's really I don't know if you can hear my stomach growling just now. Because my, <laughs> you get some good you get some good food spots in Montreal. I've been there a couple of times. I know you guys got good food up there. So so. uh I, I I read on your blog about the about the whole Richard Bird thing, and I've been extremely interested in in the whole Antarctica story lately. And uh, I know you got some some stuff to say about that. Actually, I don't. That's the thing is that the I'm fascinated by flat Earth, but I look at it at how it is. You know, like it has been co-opted by a very sleek group of people and that they produce really interesting stuff. Like Flat Earth contains really interesting truths about the nature of our planet. But I'm a very terrestrial person. You know, mm -hmm. I come from the life cult that has mastered agriculture in order to be the first ones to figure out artificial insemination and then IVF. And we only use like really, really terrestrial technologies for 4,500 years until, until we were ready to say, okay, now we can tell the rest of the galactic community that we're ready and we sent the rocket to the moon. But outside of that, I've ne never been involved in any sort of, you know, like, like um, uh, alien related things or or flattered related things or Antarctica related things or whatever. That's the thing. I can tell you where Richard Bird comes from and it makes a lot of sense. It totally explains to you the person that Richard Bird is when you look at his father, you know, who founded the National Geographic Society. You know, this is the spirit of the explorer. This man is one of the most decorated men in the Navy. His entire life story is magical and wonderful and full of accomplishments except every single time he did these he, he might have done like he did a thing and it failed i think you know like he, he so so he has adventures in his life and one of them seems like it failed but you have to look back into it 
and figure out if that was a psyop or if he was trying to prank somebody into coming out. You know, because it does. Seem Are you like talking about Operation I Jump, or are you talking about when he uh, when he traveled above the North Pole? I always hear two. There's two, two, two. Uh, in the timeline of Richard Byrd, there's that time where he traveled to the North Pole as you, as a pioneer. I think he's the first one to fly above the North Pole. And then there's the, the 1947 Operation I Jump when he go with the fleet all the way to Antarctica. Yeah, but it would be more like high jump, which is, was the the one that uh, mm-hmm. that that seems to have. Gathered if attention. it's surrounded by drama, every little thing about the drama needs to be looked at again. And then you look at which date it is, and you I look really at like that. I I movie. I gotta cut you off. I really love what you just said. I if it's surrounded by drama, you gotta look at it again. Yeah, I, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the <Shubia> of philosophy. <laughs> No, but that, that's, that's the 17 technology. The 17 technology is uh, if you attach a bunch of drama to a specific day to two people, mm-hmm. and this is a thread post. Like, this is going to stay in history forever, so it serves as a neon light. Uh-huh. So all of, you know, there's there's a, a the Xanadu blockchain as a documentation leaflet. It's the song Xanadu. You're going to have to figure out how these two things go together. But the Xanadu blockchain... The instruction manual is the song Xanadu. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna play it right after. <laughs> and so it says, "Neon lights shining for you." Now we're here in Xanadu. So I've gone back to find Richard Bird in Xanadu because I saw a neon light, and that neon light was that really cool uh, meme that I found. I usually hate memes, but this one, like, I found interesting, and I really wanted to go look into it because he, first of all. He is flashing the number one, and number one is number one in the 17 operation. It's the half, you know, it's the, it's the man. It's, I'm obsessed with number one. Number one is my partner in order to create the future. So anybody who's flashing the number one, I need to look at. This is somebody really special. Mm-hmm. And, and he's, the, he's the subject of always all my love. And so I have to look at why Richard Bird, you know, has flashes number one. And then the other one is 77. So not only is he flashing number one, but he's flashing seven. And seven is my number. It's my executive privileges. And he's flashing one and seven. He is really, really into this. And so he's telling us with his neon lights that in his life, a lot of the things that he's, that he's done were cover for army operations. And you have to read every single thing in history in order to understand it. You have to delve into his context and you have to love him. If you love him, you will be able to serve your connection, like your DNA connection to him, and you will get more insight. He's going to come to you and he's going to tell you really weird things and you will not understand the context. It might take years for you to researching him to understand the loving context in the the little jokes that he's going to say to you. Mm-hmm. You can attract all the people in our DNA ancestry this way. Mm-hmm. So you mean all the people in the, the in the plus army or in the plus, the plus ultra army network? Yeah, yeah. Wow. In your in your ancestry, you know, you've been cr- like I could do. I'll do your background eventually, and I'll tell you how you are a god. I would love and to. And you'll have to. You'll have to deal with it, you know. But uh, <laughs> I I can. I think I'm born. I'm born to know. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And so because because then, you know, that like you're going to have you, you if you are interested, you're going to be able to find all your gifts because every baby in Plus Ultra is murdered 
to the max, but before they're born. And so, and so that's, you know, like your 12 ancestries of geniuses that are in, in your ancestry. They, they're, they're not necessarily the people that are your guardian angels. It's, you are actually an amalgamation of the people that you, all your ancestors were in their previous life. Mm-hmm. Because that's the soul growth that they're bringing when they have you. You know, it's like, it's like their soul growth from their previous life is, is what you're getting. So, so I'm developing graphics that show, you know, how certain men flow down into my lover in order to create him as a perfect lover for me. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's been a project of mine. So, and all the men in my life are old platonics of mine, meaning they're number one, but expressed in different fashions, uh, in different fashion throughout my past lives. Every single time I brought back number one, there's two of him and sometimes three that I've been able to find. So I multiply number one, uh, the energy of one, to to because he's my man, like nobody listens to the woman, mm-hmm. but everybody sees the man. So I've, I've always managed to put one in front of, every, of everyone so he can drive the future. He's, he has, you know, like executive privileges from me and he proudly wears his sword pin, you know, like on his uniform sometimes because he wants people to know he's the executive. So he has the sword pin. So the one is also a sword. You have to understand that. And so everybody that is in the, 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 the 17 crew, you know, the boys in the 17 crew, they, they'll show you a sword often because it's the, it's the symbol of, of their work as executive angels. Mm-hmm. So, so um, one, in, uh, I mean, everything you're saying is super interesting. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering right now in your world, and uh, you talk about previous life and 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 that. I I would love to hear more about that. I would love for you to tell me more about how do you find out about you. Pre- did you find out about your previous life? How uh, how how you organized with that? So, I have personally always been influenced by a guardian angel and i've tried to you know like concretize this this guardian angel and try to sort of name it and you know in the past in 2019 i started con like confronting my 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 guardian angel and like like who's my hacker you know and i started do i've been working really really hard since 2019 january 2019 to write down my my consent to being more influenced by my soul to having my soul in my life and you know like being able to connect to my soul like i write this in journals i still have these books it's very important and i dated you know my insights and i i um so i have like a little coterie of like beings that or entities that i've figured you know like were kind of around me and so I started addressing them directly. And what I realized is that, you know, like, of course they show up. And then I realized, oh, I started reading about angels and, and, and find, trying to apply everything I could read about angels to something practical, you know, to the practicality of life. And, and then I found out that, well, I'm always with angels in my life in a practical sense, you know, and I don't know how to explain that exactly. 
and this is this is something that I eventually connected to, and it's not a voice you hear, it's a sort of a telepathic communication because it's an idea that gets transplanted. And because it's not told, you know, like I don't see the guardian like angels talking to me because it's an idea that's transmitted. Yeah, it's I think, he, I think he comes face. back to energy again. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's not associated to a face or anything, but I've wanted to concretize, like, who is my guardian angel? And the the path to me finding out that information exactly who my guardian angel is is like it's it's 18 months long and it's it's a stack of small insights one after the other and then you know having the wherewithal to do the math and figure out that oh i had the math all the time i should just look at the people in my life and put math on them and and figured it out by myself long time ago but i've it's taking me a long time to believe this you know like i receive insight it can take me up to 18 months to research all of the context of the insight that i receive mm -hmm. and so i'm going to share with you like you will get what you want so if you can ask an answerable question you will receive this answer and the first time i did this successfully i kind of regretted it because i didn't parameter my thing correctly so i ask I asked Uriel specifically, Archangel Uriel, I say, because I perceive him as being one of my guides because of his, you know, golden hair and all that stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, like he's even showing me a picture of himself. That's the only thing at the time I've seen a visual that had a context and resembled a person. And so I could investigate that. So I addressed Uriel and I asked Uriel, I said, what does Christ consciousness feel like? I keep reading about this in the new age uh, in the New Age blogs, and I, it's it's like it's like we're supposed to ascend into this Christ consciousness. Like, what the heck is that? Can you explain it to me? And what I received was very astonishing. It seems like to be like five hundred years of living in the forest with guys, you know, like with seven guys. Mm -hmm. And in this, and I remember like the very very weird weird culture of being a, a girl that lives with seven big guys you know and i'm like okay so this sounds like a, a robin hood fantasy you know so so i'm like I, so i just let it go you know and i started observing like i started making uh this is a memory that comes to me so 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 it's startling you know you're in the memory you understand everything and you understand the reason why everything is the way that it is because you're there but then you're like, oh, wow, that's that's like weird. And then it snaps me out of it. So I'm not that great at, you know, like traveling to another dimension and explaining it for hours because I get snapped out of it immediately. It's just too mm -hmm. fantastic. Yeah. So so I investigate, you know, the context of people living in Britannia and like all the little details like I, I could remember about my life. I started investigating why all of these things were going on. And I sort of eventually was able to figure out that all the things that I was remembering actually happened in history and somebody thought to write it down and it, I didn't really need to worry about remembering everything because there's a king list somewhere. So if I remember somebody insulting me, I can just remember which year it was and I'll know which king it was that insulted me. Uh -huh. <laughs> everything is registered. Oh, so, so so yeah yeah it's basically a process of elimination 
It's fantastic. Yeah, it's a deduction process. It's a deduction process, and it's just like looking at what neon lights are pointing to. Because, mm -hmm. because let's face it. Look for the neon lights. In, yeah, everybody <laughs> in the past, in my family, everybody's been working on this project, you know, to, to, to this Plus Ultra project since the days of St. George. Everybody is so proud of their work. They write it down. They write it down in jokes so that we will, so that the people who take themselves very seriously will this will overlook, you know, everything. Real history gets overlooked by people who take themselves seriously because all the truth is hidden in the jokes of um, of clowns. It's hidden in plays, and it's hidden in fiction. And it's it's uh, uh, really really interesting to go through that. And before I told you, like yeah, us, I think I think comedy uh, comedy is a key. Comedy yes, is a us, key, definitely. Yes, but it's for two reasons. There, everything is multifaceted, and and answer, everything that is invented needs to answer many needs. Else, it's just waste of time, you know. So. So the the us we walk the earth like I say I remember my past lives living in the forest that didn't work afterward after 1250 we had to split up we had to the, because we were choked out the, the it was time for death and taxes you know because there was only, only like, there was less and less and less kings and the kings would take over the forest and then you know like they evict the forest people so we didn't have a place to stay Remember, our goal number one is to not participate in sacrifice culture and not as associate or affiliate with people who do. And and so that we have to be very careful. I have to be really, really careful not to get kidnapped because I'm the one that has all the babies. You know, like it's it's really hard this life. It's it's very delicate. But we still we we walked from kingdom to kingdom and eventually we befriended the kings. And you know what? Once we couldn't stay in the forest anymore, we became jesters. So we <laughs> became the king's best friend, the only one who can tell him the truth, and the best person to present to him a completely false impression of life. <laughs> oh, this that's, is how we that's great. That's how we captured the kings. That's how we captured the kings. And we also used we used the 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 Uh, the priests, not the priests, but the, the druids. The druid, druids are our friends. So all the people of Earth, so every single group of people on Earth that is profoundly in love with Earth. So that's the Scottish fairies, the druids, the farmers, and the shepherds. We are the ones that get together to, um, to, to mesmerize the king. And the people as well. So we, we've created a crust over humanity, a crust of entertainment that presents a false impression of reality to the, uh, to the, the, the rest of the world. But also, like, it's a double mirror, let's say. When humanity looks in the, into the mirror of entertainment, they see a certain things. But when the other, like the monsters on the other side in that economy, nobody sees. When they see entertainment, they see something completely different. They see a description of their criminal enterprises. They see the writing on the wall. They see writers poking them, you know, in the eye. And, and everything is organized to make them come out of the shadows and say, no, I own people and it is my godly right. Go away. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, uh, it's really to take out the monsters, to bring out the monsters. I really you know? do have that feeling that eventually the super villains are going to reveal themselves like very in a very obvious manner, you know. Uh, well, well, the super villains are among us. You know, there are people who practice old lifestyles of taking advantage of other people. So they they blend into the population. They 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 are so mad at Donald Trump for moving into their business. And so they've 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 come out as you know like useless haters. And but it's hard to tell the difference between the people whose whose criminal business is is being disrupted by Donald Trump and who's mad, and the other, and the neighbor who's just like railing against Donald Trump because that's what CNN says that he should do to be on the right side of history. So so do the do the super villains uh, quote quote uh, uh, do they have their ghost army? No, no, the supervillains are the, the, they are the earthlings, you know, they are earthlings who touch our body. And so the earthlings that touch our body and do it with intent to, to hurt us, they are the supervillains. But it, it, like what you have to understand is that they, on earth, there are two sets of, of, of uh, warring factions. There's the old death cult. Mm -hmm. the, this, this is, this, these, you know, like Beirut exploded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because it's been there for tens of thousands of years underneath. You know, like, like there's an entire infrastructure that's alternate to ours that does not need us because they have their own thing going, but they, but they, solely live on the harvest of people but it's very wide you know like the harvest of people is very wide uh it goes from getting you hooked on drugs to harvesting your hair to sell to pretty ladies yeah. you know to so so it's it's a, such a huge range of crimes against humanity and they're it's called serious human rights abuses when there's scamming involved in mm -hmm. you know like obtaining something from someone uh that's part of their body like the ghost army very specifically uh polices body snatchers it polices people who touch your body in a way to hurt you it goes it and it's, it's all in like like of course the people that are mandating a vaccine so that you are forced to choose an experimental drug therapy without any sort of competent information from a doctor at your local 7-Eleven, mm -hmm. you know, like these people are the best example we've seen in the public of the vampire, you know, mm -hmm. that energy that comes, that uses humiliation, fear, and, and, uh, and trickery to get you to deliver your body to a system. Mm -hmm. And of course the vaccination system right now is exactly that, it, it asks people to deliver themselves to be vaccinated. <laughs> so now you belong forensically to the vaccinator, you know, like the rest of your life, you're going to have to listen to your vaccinator in order to address all the issues that come up because you have been forced to take an experimental gene therapy. And eventually, you know, it will be declared that your vaccinator owns you and they will have a little party under the guise of being found guilty 
of crimes against humanity. Uh, this is, and then it's, there will be... <laughs> it's basically the same story of the drug trade, but with a legal paperwork behind it. Yes, of course. That's the thing, is that in the United States is a world, wonder world of legality. And and since, you know, like every single criminal gimmick or politic, political, you know, uh, gimmick in the United States is organized by, by you know, like law, lawyers who've lost their license, uh, everything is so well organized in a legal way that you can go look, you know, like, you want to see who, who who's doing gimmicks with Hillary Clinton? Well, you go look up all the companies that she's registered and all of her friends that she's put mm -hmm. on the director board. And there you have you have a beautifully registered committee. What the heck are they doing? Mm -hmm. Yep. Everything is can be followed with money. Yep. The ghost army doesn't use money. Since the ghost army doesn't use money, it does not exist. And everybody that's in the ghost army is a person who might be wrangling billion dollar companies. But if these companies are largely concepts, you know, like booze companies and mm -hmm. brands, this is all done in order to gain access to certain places mm -hmm. and to document, you know, everybody that's going on. Because I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. The people who are, you know, like in the, the, in the trade, you know, they're super connectors. They're like, okay, so it's just a drug dealer. The people who participate in serious, serious human rights abuses are addicted to a drug. So there is a drug dealer in the, in the, in the, the whole picture. And the drug dealer in this, in this world is very glamorous. And the drug dealer is this consultant who works like artist managers, consultants, uh, fashion designers, uh, uh, they're middlemen who help celebrities, mm -hmm. you know, and, try, and, and, and rich people. So they are glamour people, they are beauty people, they are fashion people, they are, um, they are super connectors, you know, and they know everybody. So it's these people that are, you know, like trying, that are doing the, the, the drug trade, you know, in the fountain of beauty world. You know, they'll tell you that, you know, they're going to do this mask on you. And it's 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 like a pulverization of prepuces from rhesus monkeys. Mm -hmm. But it's OK. <laughs> it's like not, it's not endangered rhesus monkeys, you know. And this is like it's so, so it's like it's like any kind of weird scam you can imagine that involves, you know, taking advantage of somebody else. Yes. is is it's covered by this but it's but it's a, a huge world of weirdness and i personally i i live cloistered i most i don't drink i've never drunk uh, alcohol in my life and and i don't even watch tv anymore like i'm in a timeless mm -hmm. experiment so all i watch are people who make little miniatures on youtube <laughs> and i and i do my story research you know and this is all text-based i don't listen to like the fact that I listen to your podcast is very exceptional because it will be the first podcast I listened you. to in two years. <laughs> Thank in you. In two much. years. So, so, and it was very pleasant. Like it was very pleasant to be in the company of you and your friend. She's mm -hmm. really sweet. She's I fantastic. Like She's she couldn't yes. be here today because she has to work. She's a yes. workhorse, but uh, she's she's great. Honestly, since I've been doing that podcast, I see the world way better. I'm a very positive, I'm a, I'm a positive person in general, but, but I got faith 
You know, I got faith in humanity. I think the world is full of beautiful people anyway, regardless of yep. anything. And but, but when we're born, we're beautiful at, at birth. It's whatever happened after that is a problem. Marilyn, I'd hate to cut you off. I can continue that discussion for at least 10 hours with you. But... Um, but we've been recording for a little while. I don't like my podcast to be too long because oh then after, you know, people people lose interest a little bit and uh, the, the 20, uh, 30 people that listen to me in general listen to the podcast in their car and all that. I don't know people that travel more than an hour. <laughs> um, it was a beautiful yep, discussion, man. I, I really loved it. I really want to have you again, and I want to talk more about all that with you. I think we got so much to learn from you. The things I have to discuss are extremely disparate, but, you know, like, it's, it's, it's if you can help me, mm -hmm. if, if you can help me, you know, like, like if I have a topic, you know, and we could go through certain topics, the paranormal topics and very precisely then it'd be fun because i'm not like i'm not gonna answer the richard bird question but i i did i give you new information oh you sure did you sure did you uh you opened my mind on a lot of things and uh and you made me want to do even more research you know you, well you, if you like richard bird then richard bird will love you back and if you start reading at him and you start applying the zanadu blockchain math to all of his things and trying to find who his children are then you have the continuation of his story because his children that he produced every time he did a gimmick are in charge of telling his story but they're start they're they're in charge of doing it in a very artful way and so you're it's a neon light that points for you to discover and enjoy i like the concept of the neon light i think that should be the name of that episode the neon light with marilyn i think that's how i'm <laughs> going to call it <laughs> that's a good idea well that was that, listen that was a fantastic that was a fantastic episode it's probably the best episode i had so far out of my 10 episodes <laughs> but uh, the, the, my readers i've been expecting like a voicemail so i you know we can send them this and and then i'll 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 take their questions and do and we can do follow-ups but oh, I that'd need be great you know, I need people to interview me because I just record things and I wander off and I don't really know how to edit myself. I think so, I think we should do something when I can connect with my friend Gabiano. She's she she'd be great in something with us. Uh, yes, we need to compare notes. Uh, yeah. And you say that she travels in the soul or she's uh, she, she's she's, she's a the... she's an astral traveler. That's, That's how good. I like to call her. I'm not I need travel. people who are good at that because I don't travel the astral. Like I said, I'm very earthly connected. And so mm -hmm. when I, er, I run into people who know me from the astral, they keep yelling at me that, you know, we have we have inside jokes. And I'm like, no, but I never go into the astral. That's the thing. Is I'm obsessed about Earth and being on Earth. So Sometimes so you just got to let it fly, man. You just yeah. got to let it fly. <laughs> So I, I need people like her in my life. All okay. right, cool, uh, Marilyn. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn off the recording now. For, uh, so I would like to give a big kiss and a big hug to my fantastic listeners.